0: Everyone, Corey here,
1: and Brian too.
0: Corey and Brian, Happy Harvest Horror Show.
1: Uh, where every week we talk about spooky stuff, and this week we are taking a little time machine into the past where things <laughs> weren't so fucking bad.
0: <laughs> oh, just just went. Real dark there. <laughs>
1: when, when you didn't turn on the news and just have existential dread.
0: When everything wasn't terrible.
1: Um. You asked me last week. You're like, one of these weeks, you're gonna ask me how spooky my week has been, and you, and I'm gonna say it was fucking terrifying. And I think the news this week was fucking terrifying. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I feel that. I feel that. But yeah, this episode, bring it back up. Bring it back up. Um, this <laughs>
1: I'm in the hole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this episode was from a very happy time in my life. Last year, <laughs> last year we went to Salem together and mm-hmm. at the same time we were working on a four-part podcast series that we released over at Art History Babes, which in a lot of ways was what basically planted the seed for this podcast. So we thought we would share one of our favorite episodes from our Spooky Corner series, specifically the one that we recorded while we were hanging out in Salem.
1: Hell yeah! Yeah, I really loved this episode. I loved that time in Salem, and I think it'll be fun... To have this little time capsule of an episode.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this episode was originally released October 21st of 2019. And yeah, we're just hanging out in our cute, scary little Airbnb in (laughs) Salem talking about doppelgangers. Yeah, hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Also, 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 I wanted to give a shout out to... Our first supporter. We got a supporter on Anchor. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> no way! Yeah, very excited about that. Jennifer, Jennifer, thank you so much for becoming a supporter of Happy Harvest Horror Show. Like, obviously, you know, time and energy goes into this. So we really, really appreciate that you're excited and you want to help support the production of this spooky podcast
1: yeah thanks for staying spooky jennifer really appreciate it uh super grateful and i'm excited to keep uh keep staying spooky myself
0: yeah and if other listeners out there would like to support happy harvest tour show you can do so over on anchor it's anchor.fm slash h h h s slash support that will also be linked in the show notes for you so we just we really appreciate it very excited about it And thank you, Jennifer. And thank you, listeners. And thank you, everyone who's been excited about this so far. We appreciate you.
1: Super appreciate you. And we love you.
0: And now for Doppelgangers. Dun, 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 dun.
1: Look out, something is going to get you tonight.
0: Let's talk about the thing that's going to get you tonight.
1: Welcome, Welcome to the Happy Harvest Show.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey, and I'm joined here in real life, right next to me by you know him, you love him,
1: Spooky Brian Muldoon. He's back. He's back again. Revenge of Spooky Brian. Spooky <laughs> Brian Three. Spooky Brian returns. We're coming <laughs> at you live from Salem, Massachusetts, talking about some spooky stuff today.
0: Yeah, technically, technically right now we're in Ipswich, Massachusetts, which is outside Salem, Massachusetts, but we found a really good deal on an Airbnb, and I almost feel like the Airbnb has been one of the spookiest parts of this trip
1: it, so far. It has been uh, not okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, It uh, features a old little bed that I sleep on that I have coined little Willem's bed for the ghost boy Willem that used to live here.
0: Yeah, the spirit of Willem remain. Uh, There are literal hand sculptures on the wall. Like creepy hand sculptures, like, like ancient hand sculptures. Not okay, not okay. And at night,
1: there are exit signs throughout, like you would see in a gymnasium, the red exit signs that light the place red.
0: Yeah, like the it's it's really big. It's a really big place. And yeah, the walls are all white. So, so there's this red light that emanates all night. Also, when we first when we first drove in, it's right by this huge beautiful bog and it's been like really rainy and there was just this single wooden chair looking out towards the bog as though as though it was like a chair for a, a spirit or an entity of yeah. some sort. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we survived the first night. So I think we're okay. But our current situation is is sufficiently spooky. Yep. And to set the scene even a little bit more, we were having issues with the microphone and like connecting it to audacity so we've created a little cozy nook in the corner to uh try and try and get you the uh best quality audio we possibly can so who
1: knows there might be some ghosts getting in the audio some EMP some oh. some so what do they call it the the
0: isn't it EMP? Yeah, I think so. The, the, I think the, so. The, the
1: white noise that...
0: Yeah, because you can, like, measure the the noise, the audio of ghosts. I've seen Paranormal State. I yeah. know how that works. I saw Ghost Hunters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Come on, ghosts. Those <laughs> ghost bros.
0: So, yeah, if there are any ghosts and they'd like to hop on this recording, go for it, guys. What are we talking about today, Brian? We're talking about
1: doppelgangers. uh,
0: Doppelgangers! The
1: spooky double. The The evil twin, if you will. Right. Evil twin that is not your actual twin. I have a friend that made a comment to me saying, I got a twin. Not too scary. It's not the same thing. It's not.
0: Yeah, you weren't born with
1: this twin. You didn't grow up with this twin. (laughs) Because that would make it familiar. The doppelganger is the unfamiliar Mm. meets the familiar.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm going to start with the ancient roots of the doppelganger. The doppelganger is essentially, in its purest form, a spirit double, Mm -hmm. kind of an alter ego. And the word doppelganger is actually a German word, meaning double goer or double walker. Mm -hmm. So once again, not your actual twin. This is something... A lot spookier.
1: Mm -hmm. And the term doppelganger is relatively new. It was coined by a German author uh, in the 18th century. But the idea of the double and the spooky twin has been around for much longer than the actual term has.
0: Yes, exactly. So a doppelganger... Yes, it's an entity that looks like you. It's your doppelganger. That's kind of how the wor- like what the word has come to mean, but it is typically an apparition, so it casts no shadow. It is ghostly in that sense, mm-hmm. but it's a double of a living person. And so you can see your own doppelganger, you can also see other people's doppelgangers. Mm-hmm people you know people you love and often throughout history anyways these entities are considered omens of bad luck or possibly impending death so shout out back to the banshee
1: yeah little harbingers
0: yeah little little harbingers of bad news
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so this has um kind of developed i think over time into the evil twin concept which is sometimes depicted more as, like, a living, breathing evil twin that's mm-hmm. also just an evil entity. So, like, an actual, you know, blood and guts evil twin, not necessarily a ghost, but is still an evil
1: person, evil entity, evil mm-hmm. twin. Yeah, there's, it's always been associated with not chill stuff, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Going
1: back to another episode, the Wendigo, like, the Banshees, okay. they're always just get, bringing the news, the doppelganger seems to have... Also nefarious goals in Mm -hmm. mind. Yeah.
0: The evil twin concept, typically the evil twin is going to give you malicious advice, maybe plant sinister thoughts or cause you some type of confusion. So the thing is, you're not supposed to talk to him. Don't hang out with your doppelganger. Just don't do it. Stay away. Stay away. Some early references, like early incarnations of the doppelganger. I want to give a quick shout out to ancientorigins.net because I found a lot of really great information on uh, this post they did about doppelgangers, and I really appreciate it because, as I'm sure a lot of you have noticed or remember, there has been a popular upswing in people finding their art museum doppelgangers. That's been like a fun thing. I know... A lot of famous people even, like there's one of uh, Weird Al. Weird Al found his art museum doppelganger. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's finding an image in an art museum that looks like you and taking a selfie with it. So when I tried to research doppelgangers in art history, I just got pages and pages and pages of these art museum doppelgangers, which are, don't get me wrong... Very fun. Very fun. Very fun. But I, I wanted actual depictions of doppelgangers in art. And this post from ancientorigins.net helps me out. So, uh you know, check that out if you want to go a little more in depth. So the earliest references of a concept that can be related to the doppelganger goes back to the Zervite branch of Zorianastrianism. And in Zorianastrianism... There is basically an abstract duality just of the belief system. Like the belief system's kind of built on an abstract duality that is often represented by twins. These twins are Ahura Mazda and Angra Manu. And Ahura Mazda is good. Angra Manu is evil. And this is... A concept we see in so many religions, so many spiritual beliefs. You have the balance of good and evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like yin and yang, dark and light, duality, binary. And in Zoroastrianism, there were some really solid bas-reliefs that depicted these figures. I found more of, of the good one of Ohura uh, Mazda. I couldn't really find any of Angra Manu. There tends to be these depictions in Bas Relief of Ahura Mazda, typically with like emperors or people of power. And there's kind of an exchange. So suggesting that certain people have connections to this good like spirit, I guess, sure. for lack of a better word. So ultimately We have one of the earliest, earliest religions, essentially, spiritual systems, already dealing with this idea of the evil twin, essentially, Uh you know? And then there was also the ancient Egyptian concept of Ka, which was a actual tangible spirit double that had the same memories and feelings as a person. Yeah. And there's actually an Egyptian myth called the Greek princess... Mm-hmm. Which is an Egyptian take on the Trojan War, and a ca of Helen was used to mislead Paris of Troy, helping to
1: stop the war. That's not too nefarious.
0: Yeah, that's like that's some good work. I but feel that like that was
1: ancient Egypt before we had time to really twist the folklore.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So these are our really early references when it's not a necessarily particularly nefarious, or it it. It almost is a necessity, right? Like when you think about the Zorian-Astrianism example, it's the balance of good and evil. Mm-hmm. So even though one of them represents evil, there's there's a balance that happens there. And it's a necessity of life. As we move forward, we also have the myth of Narcissus. Mm-hmm. Uh, narcissus falls in love with his reflection, so this can be read as kind of a doppelganger moment, right? You've got Narcissus, and you've got Narcissus's reflection, which is a different
1: entity. And this is an example where Narcissus meets his demise from it. There's yes. Like the two where what he, he, there's like two versions, right, that I found that, that he stares at his reflection long enough that he just wastes away and dies. And then the other one where he actually drowns in the pool that he sees his reflection or getting away from the car, just the the spirit double that it, now it's getting more into a seeing your other is a bad omen. Yeah. And it,
0: it leading to demise to to death. I'll touch on this briefly, but I think you're probably going to talk about it a little bit more. The... Doppelganger can also be related to like the concept of the changeling. Oh, yeah. And the changeling has also been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of mythology surrounding that. For example, we've got Norse folklore that... Describes entities known as the oh, I don't know how to pronounce this Vardiger. Vardiger. <laughs> there are many
1: pronunciations, but but that is that's what I found is the common U.S. pronunciation.
0: Nice, nice. Ghostly beings that preceded preceded their living counterparts, taking places at various activities and performing their actions in advance.
1: Yeah, so it's like an opposite of uh, a déjà vu, where you're like, I've been here before. Uh-huh. The Vardiger is like a it's like your double that arrives and does what you were about to do before you. So other people recall, like, "Hey, oh. you were you were just here. You, you've already filled up your tank of gas. What are you doing here?" Like,
0: that's that's really you interesting. Know, you saw Vardiger, yeah. And then we've also got coming to us from the Orkney Islands of Scotland. This is more the changeling, where we're talking about fairy-like creatures. Love them, big fan. So fairy-like creatures called troes. Trows would give birth to children who were apt to be sickly and pregnant women were typically guarded from troes who would steal healthy human babies and replace them with their own children, changelings. Which
1: would lead to a lot of mothers claiming this is not my baby, which many people would say, oh, the mother has, the mother is uh, Mm -hmm. not well. She's not seeing, she's a danger to her child because she does not care for her because she believes it is not her child. It is all like you touched on it too. This was also always connected with there was if there was a disability or a some sort of disease that the baby had that would come to the belief that no, this couldn't be my child. This is a changeling. My child would not be this sick.
0: Yeah, totally. And there's actually a really good episode of lore. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. The- Lore's a podcast, but it's also there's an Amazon series. Yes. Um, and there's this great episode. It's actually probably my favorite. Where lore tells the story of a very uh, controlling man who doesn't like that his wife is is being independent and she's becoming this this dressmaker and she's kind of doing her own thing and he's like who is this woman she's not my wife and basically accuses her of being a changeling and uh, a lot of really bad stuff ensues from that. This is a real story, by the way. This actually happened in history. And he basically, you know, tries to, I don't know, like, exorcise her in yep. some very violent ways. And uh, eventually she just admits to it all being true and that now his loving wife is back to try and save herself Anyways, watch it. Watch Lore on Amazon. So that's an example of it not even being a baby. It was a full-grown, independent woman that was accused of being... A changeling. A changeling. Mm-hmm. Um, an evil version of herself. Like, the fairies must have switched out his good-natured wife with this, uh, this independent, back-talking woman. Obviously.
1: Those trickster fairies, though, they were up to a lot of no good.
0: They really were. (laughs) So, obviously, we just, we have a lot of mythological basis for the concept of the doppelganger. that goes in a lot of different directions. Likewise, there are a lot of Native American creation myths that deal with the concept of dualistic twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this this idea of the twin and having two sides is, is really where it starts. And then it develops into something a little bit more specific and spiritual. And then throughout horror, we kind of have a re-adaptation oh, yeah. of the evil twin. Oh, also... Just one really good artistic portrayal of the the doppelganger, I think in the spiritual sense, is Dante Gabriel Rossetti's 1851 sketch, and he also did an 1864 watercolor called How They Met Themselves. Mm-hmm. And this is a really cool image because it's an image of two medieval lovers, and they're of course on a walk through the woods at twilight a very spooky setting a very spooky time and they encounter ghostly doubles of themselves they're uh, in the image they're actually glowing supernaturally and the the gentleman the medieval gentleman he pulls out his sword to fight the doppelgangers
1: on guard on guard Oh. I like the watercolor version of this too. It's a hard. They're, they're both the same thing, but they um, I like the colors it uses.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dante Gabriel Rossetti uses amazing color
1: palettes. So, well, good on you, Dante. <laughs> so
0: that checks, that checks out. So, maybe we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and I'll pass it over to you, Brian, to talk horror. Woo! Woo,
1: woo, woo, woo.
0: We have returned. We are talking about what we're talking about? Talking
1: about doppelgangers.
0: Doppelgangers. All right. So, Brian, being our resident horror buff, what do you got for us?
1: So, I'd love to just shift the conversation real quick. Just take a quick little take this exit real quick and and stop at this rest stop to talk about this idea of the uncanny. Because yeah, I, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because
1: this really ties into, I think, why is it scary seeing your double? Uh, I would love to talk about it more than anything. <laughs> um, so the uncanny, if we go back just to the origin of what it is, basically the word uncanny, the thought comes from Freud, and he talks about uh, the word uncanny basically translates from German from Unheimlich, which means unhomely. And and the idea of uncanny is when the unhomely collapses into the homely. So the the familiar suddenly becomes unfamiliar. And that is a very unsettling thing. That is a very existential thing that I feel like is evident throughout all horror, is the baseline of it.
0: Nothing is as it seems! Nothing is as
1: it seems. And you've seen this, this is evidence in any horror movie, any horror story, anything, where, where a character suddenly goes, wait, I thought I locked that door. Wait, I thought, mm-hmm. was that a noise behind me? Where suddenly you have this existential doubt, where uh, all of the, the rules that you had accepted as sound are suddenly not applicable. And so going off of that, the uncanny is like I said, this existential dread that comes from, hold on, that's not quite right. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, have you ever seen a horror movie where the character goes, is trying to explain the craziness that's happening to another character, and they always start off with going, I know this sounds crazy, because it is. your you're, The rules of your world have suddenly shifted to mean something else. And so building off of that, I want to move on to the double, which is another term in kind of horror language where – your uncanny fear is placed in a version, an unfamiliar version of what you perceive as yourself. So this plays off of the idea of individuality, where you look at yourself as a one person. I am individual. I am unique. I am me. And you see a reflection, an evil mirror of yourself in something else. And suddenly that individuality is shattered. And that is very uncomfortable to happen. This really started happening a lot. It's been happening throughout history, I think, this idea, this existential fear of the doubling, but it became very mainstream post-World War One, where we would see fields and fields of bodies in war, and suddenly this idea became harder and harder to look at all of these bodies on the fields and look at them and divorce them from looking at yourself, that we hold our bodies to being this... This holy temple of this spirit that will then transcend to the next life. It's hard to really hold on to that when you're seeing evidence of not that Mm -hmm. around you constantly. And so that was where I believe that really started the, the movement in Europe with like Nosferatu with waxwork. That this fear of seeing an unholy version of yourself mirrored and looking right back at you is very unsettling. If you'd like to learn more about this, there's a great book um, by Scott Poole called Wasteland, that I've learned a lot about this. And I think it's really beautiful. It talks about, you know, the origins of the monsters, like universal monsters, and looking at that as like a, a scary doubling of yourself. So that brings us now back to Doppelganger, this doubling, this looking at yourself and saying, hold on, that's not, that's not quite right. Hang on, let me, let me catch up real quick to myself.
0: While you catch up, I just realized that it's Brian and Corey's spooky corner being recorded in a very cozy corner. (laughs) That's true. This has become very literal. We are actually in a corner right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So bringing it back, talking about the uncanny and the doubling and bringing it back to... Doppelgangers. This is seen a lot throughout. I guess I'll just go right into examples in literature, mm-hmm. examples in film. It's a lot in literature. I mean, it started there with the term the doppelganger from the German author in 1796. It's been used as this literary device really exploring human duality and how these paradoxal ideas can exist within the same person. How can a person be good and at the same time hold these really evil Characteristics. And
0: I think that has a lot of base in the mythology, like in the duality of man, if you will. Exactly.
1: And that's how it's in literature. It's been used in novels like Hans Christian Andersen's novel, The Shadow, where it talks about this man who sees his shadow playing out opposite physical and moral traits and eventually the shadow takes over the man himself we're talking about doppelgangers and literary devices we're also going to be talking about obviously like dorian gray mm-hmm. and seeing in the painting of of his action suddenly taking a new form in this painting of himself and as his evil version of himself is becoming this evil double of him this is an example in jacqueline hyde strange case of jacqueline Uh-oh, hyde yeah, yeah, yeah. which that one really explores more so like a public virtue versus a private vice duality. Your public version of yourself may be one way, but get home, mm-hmm. you can be a very different thing. That's
0: like your uh, shouts out astrology. That's like your sun and moon sign versus your rising sign. <laughs> yeah,
1: a little bit there. And it's also, especially in the case of Jacqueline Hyde, that one explored more of like repressed sexual desires mm, taking control. Of
0: course, of course. Um,
1: which uh, is a very guess, scary thing. Um, I also,
0: someone told me recently, I can't remember who, I don't know how legitimate this is, but that with Jekyll and Hyde, the. Duality, like the, I guess, more evil side of it, was based on someone like doing a lot of cocaine. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like someone being really uh, messed up on cocaine, basically. Which it would was,
1: be a, another version of this. Exactly. It's still them, but exactly. it's a different version of them. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. That was told to me like offhandedly. So I don't know how true that is, but might be. Look it up.
1: Yeah. Look it up. (laughs) Do the work. There's also (laughs) in Edgar Allan Poe's William Wilson, it's a doppelganger that tells about this boy person growing up. And there was basically a person looked just like him that seemed to exist just to just drive him nuts, just to to be this burden on him throughout his life. So shout out to Poe. We always got to fit him in in a spooky podcast. Of course. It's seen throughout literature. I think it's also seen we're going to see in film a lot, too. And that's why I wanted to bring up the uncanny and the doubling, because it plays off the same idea, the same fear that comes with the doppelganger. But the example of the doppelganger is a very narrow concept where like it's tendrils, I think, reach out to a lot of different ways. We'll talk about that, especially in in film. Like if we look at things like split personality as a form of the double in film. So we think of things like Norman Bates and psycho and how he will, you know, spoiler if you haven't seen psycho, but he, <laughs> <laughs> he dresses as his deceased mother uh, and carries out all the murders in the hotel. So he is an innocent, shy boy by day, a murderous mother by night. <laughs> so, of course. Um, there, if you look at Fight Club uh, with Tyler Durden, Ooh. the split personality again. I
0: didn't even think about uh, that. That's yeah. a
1: good one. And, and, and the, the frustration that Edward Norton has throughout that movie. There's this other version of himself that is living the life that he wishes he could live, but he himself is not. And even in Black Swan. Yes, Darren Aronofsky. Yes, yes, yes. There's this perfect version of herself that she's aspiring to be. And there's that really, really scary, uncomfortable psychosexual scene where she and my lacunas are in this love scene. And then she sees a mirror of herself doing it to herself. Mm-hmm. And it's this, there are layers there, but that movie's so good. Black Swan. Big fan. Big, Um, big fan. And that, so that's that idea of split personality. There's also the actual doubling, and these are are less scary, but it's still in the mainstream. There's like the prestige. Ah, yes.
0: I watched that not too long ago. That ending is great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think it touches on the realm of horror a bit. Mm-hmm. That, that oh, is, totally. That reveal is very unsettling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the implications behind it are horrible. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, there's movies like the Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator. That's a doppelganger, the two living off same one life. There is Moon. Have you ever seen Moon? I haven't. Oh, it's cool. It's great. I think it's on Netflix again. Check it out. I don't want to spoil, spoil Moon if anyone hasn't seen it. It's more contemporary and it's a fantastic film. We're um, all going to watch Moon. Watch Moon in theaters now Gemini man from Yang yeah. Lee
0: <laughs> yeah shout out astrology again like <laughs> um, Gemini is I, the perfect incarnation the denality,
1: yeah and I thought of this before we did the podcast, but I think this is a really unsettling version of the, the doppelganger, the duality and the existential crisis of seeing like a double. If we remember Toy Story, <gasps> when Buzz Lightyear figures out that he is a toy <laughs> and he has that moment in the sea of the Toy Story of seeing versions of himself. Just think of that movie. Like, just, and
0: that is such a good. Oh man, way to go, Brian. That oh, yeah. is a good one to bring in. Oh, I love that Toy so Story, much. Because then he then he goes nuts and he has the classic I'm Mrs. Nesbitt moment. Because yeah, he doesn't <laughs> because
1: his, his what everything he held so true mm-hmm. is suddenly out the window.
0: Shattered. His entire worldview is shattered. Which
1: is terrifying. And so when you talk about why is it so scary seeing yourself because One, there's a lot of things happening when you see yourself. One, your individuality, yourself, is suddenly shattered. Mm -hmm. You are no longer yourself. Yourself is someone else, too. And that is a scary thought. You don't have control over yourself. There's the two, that your worldview, the world rules that help you go throughout your daily life. If they're suddenly out the window, it's very uncomfortable to reconcile with that.
0: Yeah, that just kind of another offshoot made me think about, just in our contemporary world, the idea of catfishing oh yeah like i've i've had many conversations because i love the show catfish like (laughs) i i watch it way too often yeah (laughs) and i've had many conversations about the idea of like obviously being catfish sucks real bad yeah but also imagine someone being a catfish using your shit, using your images, you know, using your name, yes, like someone creating a profile as you. that sucks. Yeah. like that 100%. is a very uncomfortable thing and and it's it's an element of the catfish scenario that I think is not focused on quite as much. yeah, is someone, yeah, taking on your identity. To do what they will with it, I think that's a very almost contemporary version of what you were just talking about, and that's
1: a real problem, especially in like Tinder and dating apps, yeah, where yeah, people yeah. will take your likeness and, and put it out there for other people to. And gosh, that that would be unsettling. I, I've never oh, been on yeah. a dating app and I've finding been... myself that I could. You know Poke right? Or swipe right on You know Like <laughs> right? Yikes
0: Oh my god <laughs> like, That uh, would be so uncomfortable Which this
1: is a great transition To another movie That I saw last year It came out on Netflix Last year If you haven't seen It's called Cam It explores the doppelganger Through the lens Of a life of a, a Cam girl a oh. Cam performer
0: Yeah so that connects us Perfectly I feel like yeah. Internet age
1: 100% In that movie There is a doppelganger A double of herself That is playing out On her channel On her mm. site Mm. her cam while she is not there and the double is much more successful and getting much more <gasps> oh. clicks and much more views and it touches on there's there's a line earlier on in the movie where she was struggling of like how do what do I have to do to be the best at this and then you see this scary commentary on the entertainment industry of what it does take to be the best mm-hmm. and it's this inhuman like scary thing mm. it's a really good movie and it's actually a really compelling look into the cam industry um,
0: I bet yeah
1: written in, by an actual former camera girl. oh well that's
0: yeah because yeah, that's actually as you were saying that i was like i hope though that it's not like a voyeuristic perspective i i like that it's by someone who actually has been a part of it yeah and- definitely
1: it's a very interesting movie i highly recommend it it's still on netflix i believe things don't leave netflix right
0: Oh, they do the originals though <laughs> oh no not yeah. the originals okay. no
1: <laughs> and of course if we're talking about film and doppelgangers we can't miss last year's no, not last year's, this year's. This year's huge hit, Us, Jordan Peele's Us. Oh, yeah. Big fan. I say big fan a lot, but this one was very good. Looking at it through the doppelganger, this one's taking that doubling and the the existential crisis and looking at it through a lot of different lenses, but what, one of them being the national crisis that I think we're in right now, the identity crisis. Oh, uh, yeah. There is a line very, very early in the movie where they they, they meet their double of the family. And they're horrified, and they're like, "Who are you?" And the first line uh, Lupita says back is, "We're Americans." And that I, I just I can't believe that wasn't used in the trailer. <laughs> That's
0: brilliant. <laughs> it,
1: it's so it's such a chilling line of like, "We're we're you?" This is it, you know. Uh, and obviously there are more and layers also, of things happening in the story, but
0: and know. also the impetus to define yourself, like, you know, national identity, yeah. like to define yourself as an American, like, that's really
1: interesting. And that's been a very common thing in, obviously, politics nowadays, there's this huge divide, you know, between oh, two yeah. parties, and it's becoming harder and harder to see yourself in the other. And you're like, how can how can we have come from the same place? You mm-hmm, know, there's mm-hmm. that fear of the doubling, not necessarily a doppelganger. But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but that we are We're supposed to share an identity, and we don't. Yeah. Exactly. The duality
1: of identity. It's coming full circle. It's freaky. It's freaky. freaky I Oh, I guess going real real quick back to books. This is actually going to be made into a movie for HBO later this year, but it was a book first. Stephen King's The Outsider touched on this last year. The book was published May of 2018. I was going to say it was his most recent book, but he's released two books since then. (laughs) Man, (laughs) that guy is prolific as hell. You (laughs) can't stop. But this book is Super interesting. And, and if you're looking for a really spooky doppelganger book, this is incredible. While plague is out of this small town, man he's like a softball coach i believe and there is a brutal murder of a young boy done by a person that looks exactly like him they have multiple witnesses that saw him do it
0: oh no um,
1: <laughs> and they that, it, all his dna evidence oh. everything is on him but the, the thing is he has a, like a stone-clad alibi he was at this other place so like how could he have done this other thing i don't want to spoil it definitely goes into like stephen king supernatural stuff but especially like how if that actually happened in society, huh. how, even though there's this inconsistency, you can't get around, there's this- DNA weird, evidence. Yeah. Like you
0: just, like that ends up being the end all be all in a lot of cases. So it you completely know?
1: ruins this man, this family, this like town It completely obliterates them. So The Outsider, you'll find it later on on HBO if you want to watch the movie instead, starring stuck cast. You got Ben Mendelsohn in there. We got, um, there's more, there's more. <laughs> 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 I forget the There's names. more. <laughs> uh, but- yeah, so that's what I've got for examples in film and literature.
0: Man, that was great. I feel like we, we went on a real journey there. That was good. Thanks for following me. How about we take another break, and then we're going to come back and get real spooky and talk maybe some real-life doppelganger sightings. <laughs> we're back, we're back, we're Back. <laughs> Beep, 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 beep. Brian just tried to, tried to and failed finding a, a what did you say? A silver dollar-sized bug?
1: giant bug, and it's gone. <laughs> I got up to kill it, or not let it free, one of the two. One of the two, I had, Hadn't and decided. I was driven by anger, but sympathy was taking over. <laughs> uh, but it was gone before I got there, which now brought me straight to fear.
0: And now it lives with us, so... We'll let you know how that turns out. spooky place. spooky, spooky. Okay, so uh, just to to pull all this together to wrap things up, I thought it'd be fun to there's a lot of real life doppelganger stories, and I don't mean like meeting another human that looks like you. Uh-huh I mean like ghost stories. <laughs> and there's been a lot of them throughout history. A lot of people have claimed in a ghostly capacity. To have encountered their doppelganger. mm mm-hmm. uh, Many of these people, including Catherine the Great.
1: Oh, do you know the story behind that one? Do too? you want to talk about it? More than anything. So Catherine the Great, while she slept, there was a myth that her servants saw the doppelganger of her sitting on her throne while she was sleeping. Mm. She ordered that the doppelganger be basically killed, but it never was. And two weeks later, she died of a stroke. Omen- Or not.
0: You tell me. I mean, it could have been an omen, or this actually connects to a theory I have that I will bring up at the end of the episode, but maybe in killing the doppelganger, or wanting to kill the doppelganger, she killed herself. Whoa. Whoa.
1: But we can't ask her. We can't.
0: It's not... Unless she's here. You here, Catherine? You
1: here? We'll play back the tape and see if there's anything (laughs)
0: Some other doppelganger sightings. Percy Shelley. So that's uh, the Mary Shelley's beau. Uh-huh. So just an infamously
1: spooky person. Um, if you're talking about Mary Shelley too, Frankenstein is a form of the uncanny and the doubling as well. There is a lifeless body reanimated and suddenly you're thinking, oh, hang on. What is life? <laughs> what is the body?
0: Connections on connections, yep. man. Queen Elizabeth I. Maria de Jesus de Agreda. But the one I I want to focus on is a fun little anecdote. Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Uh Abe saw his doppelganger soon after he was elected. And his is, I think, particularly interesting because according to the story, he looked in a mirror. Mm -hmm. And he saw himself, but he had two faces. Mm -hmm. And one of the faces was pale and sickly. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary Todd Lincoln, she, she did not think this was a chill thing. She did not think this was a good thing to be seeing. And she was convinced that it was a bad omen. Yep. Particularly, she was convinced that he wasn't going to make it through his second term in office.
1: And history showed us. We know what happened. I won't spoil it if you don't <laughs> know yet. probably should <laughs>
0: But if you don't know yet, you need to look that up immediately. (laughs) And also your high school history classes failed you.
1: (laughs) Miserably.
0: (laughs) Or you should watch the Drunk History episode. Because that's one of my favorite Drunk History episodes. It's a pretty good one. With uh, Adam Scott. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. Also, Lincoln is a great movie. We saw Lincoln together. Did we? In theaters. Oh, we did. Because I thought it should have ended somewhere different. I remember we had a debate. And I thought it was supposed to, it should have ended sooner than it did, and you saw it otherwise.
1: I am going to be honest; I don't remember.
0: Of course, you don't. No, <laughs> <laughs> you also don't remember that we saw Alt J together.
1: <laughs> I remember seeing Alt J.
0: Got <laughs> it. You got We'll leave it at that. Like that. <laughs> so yeah, so that is a real life doppelganger sighting. There have been lots of them. What is actually happening? Well, scientists have surmised that uh, it could be an electrical glitch in the brain, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's a very vague thing, electrical glitches in the brain, or a sign of mental illness, such as schizophrenia, which does, you know, check out because schizophrenia often involves hallucinations. Yep. So there's something there. But I have a theory In When we first decided to do this episode, immediately I went to look up like doppelganger ghost stories, you Mm -hmm. know, doppelganger sightings. And what if this kind of is a different approach to the nefarious doppelganger? What if our doppelganger is really just like our higher self? Mm. Like an image of our higher self? Because it's pretty common to you know, seek wisdom from your higher self or uh-huh. think of your higher self in some way or think of your higher self as protecting you? Yeah. And what if it's just energetic incarnation of your higher self?
1: Hmm. I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea of your doppelganger being a good dude.
0: Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's a positive one. Unless you maybe- you a really bad dude. Yeah. Unless you took a route in life that maybe- <laughs>
1: <laughs> that your Dorian Gray picture is actually like really beautiful. You gotta like <laughs> whoo, like really examine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what you're doing. So I
0: guess maybe maybe the doppelganger as higher self could be positive or negative. Yeah. Depending on the path you've chosen. But I think it
1: could also be a guiding force, a guiding spirit, a spirit mm-hmm. guide, if you will. There's a lot I found in the research for the doppelganger on this great Article about this topic on Atlas Obscura. And there's a line in the article where they say that, you know, talking about our, our spirits being another version of ourselves and, and talking about how our ka will walk around and how, especially in the instances of late in life, this happens a lot when they're ill or, or sick. That sometimes we'll see that the doppelganger and we'll think that, oh, it's an omen that death is coming. There's another interpretation that, that there's a belief that when our body can no longer hold on so tightly, our spirits are free to wander. Yeah. I love that. So when you're late, I love that. Yeah. So so that I mean, might be something.
0: I love that because yeah, that's I personally really like the idea of you know your body your body just can't last forever and eventually it gives out for any number of reasons mm-hmm. and I I like the idea of uh, death as as we talked about yesterday I like the idea of death as a release mm-hmm. as like you're releasing yourself onto the into the next adventure. So I like that concept of, or I like the concept of it being a prolonged experience. You know what I mean? Like of like, it's not just like one big moment. It's like gradually your spirit's getting uh, used to the idea of being separate from your body.
1: That's why we loved ghost stories as a human culture, because Mm -hmm. it is, even though that's scary to see, it is a proof that there's something after. Exactly. It's comforting. Yeah.
0: It's, it's also it,
1: uncanny is, it's is it, yeah. <laughs> yep it's like oh i did that's it's not and actually i forgot to mention this I'm talking about a lot of horror movies that use the uncanny meaning unhomely meets the homely mm-hmm. a haunted house is a literal version of the uncanny it is ah, home mm-hmm. that oh is- man well <laughs> uh, a friendly and welcoming home suddenly meets a sinister and unwelcome place that's
0: Brilliant! Yeah, yeah. God damn, that's good.
1: I know, I know. But bring it back to the medical. There's actually a term for it. I'm going to butcher the the pronunciation, but hutoscopy. Uh,
0: uh, hot, Hoto, hotoscopy. I, uh, hot, 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 yeah, maybe hotoscopy. I right, think that's yeah, yeah. I think,
1: but it, it is the, it is a medical term of in neurological circles of an out of body experience when one hallucinates seeing their double from afar. And you mentioned mm. that it's 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 attributed to schizophrenia.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. And what's interesting about all that, what I love is like, you know, we're over here kind of speculating wildly with our more like spiritual ideas. Mm -hmm. And that and the scientific approaches to it, they don't have to be, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're having electrical glitches in your brain, like that can also be... A spiritual experience, you know, like there can be a crossover yep. of realms, of more mystical,
1: esoteric
0: things, and it can also, there can be scientific lingo to explain
1: it. Yeah. And I think that's neat. That's pretty neat. I like that you look at the positive in it, because I come from a place of, like, <laughs> dwelling in the uncanny of, like... <laughs> Oh no, I don't see this as like a release. I see this as a, I don't know what's next and that's un- that's uncomfortable.
0: It definitely is. That's why I am an absurdist. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this was a fun episode. I think this might be my favorite of the Spooky Corner episodes so far. I liked I liked all the directions we got to go with this one. Doppelgangers. Yeah. Doppelgangers. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, we got one more Spooky Corner episode. Sure do. What is it going to be on? You tell me. You forgot. <laughs> you know, I think I remember.
1: It's, it's zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Zombies. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to take a really easy one. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to. Where gonna... uh, uh, there's not a lot of material. You don't. It's probably I haven't even heard the term zombie before. <laughs> Um, so I think we could probably bang this one out next week in uh, about 10 minutes
0: yeah yeah, there's very little on zombies (laughs) up there
1: so mark out three hours of your your schedule for next time because we're 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 gonna home run for the last fourth episode
0: yeah definitely also as we Teased in the beginning. We're in Salem, Massachusetts, and we're here for Salem Horror Fest. Salem does it up in October. And so we are we're doing some horror fest activities. We're gonna see the Blair Witch project tonight, which yes, I'm are. unbelievably excited about. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back possessed, you guys. We're also gonna hit some like witch museums, do all that. We've been bopping around the town, and we'll have a YouTube vlog all about that. I think we might also record a like a decompression episode episode telling you all about our adventures in salem massachusetts massachusetts so yeah hope you enjoyed this episode thank you so much for listening happy spooky season and we'll catch you next time bye Unless she's here. You here, Catherine?
1: We'll play back the tape and see if there's anything. (laughs)